Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. About five minutes ago, I had a slight twinge of a cramp, but it's gone away now. So I think I'm okay. Well, fingers are crossed. I hope you don't have a cramp. I hope you don't develop cramps. I've never had them before, but I heard they can be like pretty unfun. Yeah, they're kind of kind of bad. Just a you little know, mild discomfort, you know? Yeah, like just something that like, is not doesn't get in the way of your daily life at all Mm -hmm. like just like pop an advil and like (laughs) you'll be totally fine fine. you know you know i think they say if you work out it helps with them drink some raspberry leaf tea like Mm -hmm. it's just that's just fine think positive thoughts yeah you know men go through more pain yeah people who do not have uteruses and uh people with penises they definitely i think they would be able to handle it like without even breaking a sweat Mm mm-hmm so simply welcome to another alpha male podcast starring me and melissa alpha males alpha females who are you i my name is megan i was trying to go up with the joke you just said me i just wanted to let people know oh, that you had fact. a name yeah i'm melissa which you already said oh yeah yeah my favorite one my favorite things out my nephew is like will spell his name and i was like okay so i'll say all the letters i'm like what does that spell and he goes me <laughs> and i'm like i mean it spells your name yes but like i love that where it's like what is this he goes me that is me that that is me and i'm like yeah that is your name but it's your name's not me but wow you're really arguing with a three-year-old 
all the time. We were hanging out and he was telling me that baby walruses, because he loves walruses, their baby ones are called calves. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's really cool. And I was like, what's a baby owl name? And he just looks at me. He's like, what is a baby owl name? And I go, oh, I don't know. That was like a very genuine question. Like, I wasn't sure like if they're just and he goes a chick. And I was like, sure. Like, yeah. But I realized in that moment that I was like, I forgot I was talking to a three year old. So he was like, I thought this was a rhetorical question. You were going to tell me what they were called. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not entirely but sure. But the fact that he connected that it could be a chick because it is another bird. That's pretty smart. Yeah. And I have to say that I am the one who accidentally dove down there because I do talk to him over Christmas. I was like, hey, little dude, guess what I saw? I saw a video of turtles laying eggs on the beach and then they are in the water. Then they come back after they've buried them and it's been some time and then they hatch. And then I didn't realize I was literally and figuratively opening uh, a can of worms for him to ask me, where do the other animal babies come from? from? Uh And then as soon as we started getting to things that did not come out of eggs, I was like, where is that Hot Wheel game you got? I I was like, what's... They still kind of come out of eggs in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know what I was walking into. And that's not a conversation that you as an aunt should be having without consent from his parents. And I talked to I told his parents afterwards and they were like, oh, I mean, like, it's just like, you know, if whatever questions he asks, just like answer, like you don't have to give a full explanation and answer. Like, it's just sometimes like then they get there's little ones and then they're babies and then they grow up. And, you know, they were like, yeah, we don't. We're not thinking that we're not worried that you're going <laughs> to intentionally or unintentionally give him the birds and the bees stock. And I'm like, OK, good. Thank you. <laughs> so that was um, that was my time. Anyways, this is a special edition of this podcast, though. Yeah, since we were talking about animals. Oh, wow. What a wonderful segue. This is But Am I Wrong? But as you can tell from the title or maybe not, maybe this auto played for you. This is a special edition one of our series that we call But Am I Watching, where we introduce each other to a pivotal piece of of content that was cinematic for us. Yeah, cinematic history. Exactly. And last episode, we did the movie that really sparked us ever even wanting to talk, watch a movie and talk about it. Like, Melissa would not watch... And the movie's Cheetah Girls. Melissa would not watch Cheetah Girls. And you're like, until we can monetize this and do this publicly, like, why would I why would I have my first experience with this on a recreational field? Like, it's going to be would I pure watch comedy this? gold. <laughs> yeah, why would I exactly. watch this for no reason? On my free time, no. when I know that, like, my reactions and my thoughts and feelings are going to be hilarious. Like, I can't... It'd be, it's my duty to share with the people. So last week, we did the first Cheetah Girls, which, as true cheetahs know... The only reason why we did that was to get to this episode, which is Cheetah Girls 2. I can't wait. The format for these episodes are loosely based on the format for our regular But Am I Wrong episodes. So we will do like our own reactions, our own hot takes, read some of your responses, your hot takes, who you think is like the worst and the best in the movie. And then we nominate the best and worst. So... Let's talk about it because, Melissa, I'm so fucking excited. You go first. Okay. This movie is everything to me. The first movie existed solely for us to get Cheetah Girls too. It's phenomenal. I love it. And the first thing that you will notice, as you do with sequels of Disney Channel original movies, it's a glaringly obvious budget. 
And you see that budget, not necessarily with like the camera, but you see it with the location. More specifically, you see it with the wardrobe and the hair. If we've got more highlights, we've got more highlights than ever. Adrian Bailon is dishing out. Uh, she might even have a full dye job, full hair color. Yeah, she's completely blonde. She's completely blonde. I just have to say she's gorgeous. She's beautiful. Her eyebrows are gorgeous. The eyebrows with this hair color. I was upset at the makeup department for not filling them in in a slightly darker color. You know, we can't always get what we want here. My first thought. So in the, the beginning, we, we, we start the movie um, and they're performing for their high school. And I just have to say, as someone who went to like, I didn't go to an arts school, but I went to a very artsy high school. Nobody at this fucking high school would care about their classmates performing a song. Like, tr- like no one would care. No one is like, going to be screaming. Like, oh, my God, I love them. Because also they're juniors. They're yeah. not even seniors. And I would say confidently that people at their school would most likely be making fun of them behind their backs. Yes, they would be making fun of them because you know that they're singing all the time. Like all the time. You know they're in the hallways rehearsing. I think you know they're dancing. Because we've seen them just breaking out in song and dance randomly on the streets. So like no one, everybody would be, there was one girl that really, this one background actress that really gave her all and gave yeah. Raven a big pat on the back and I was like no 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 one would care and even especially at an art school where it's like literally it is all Victoria Justice on the set of Victoria's being I think we all sing like all of you are performers so like you're not gonna be this isn't like this like insane skill and talent that you all don't don't have like this is the thing this is your what like what that's like being like correct me if i'm wrong but like were the students at the rest of the high school of glee like screaming and creaming their pants for the glee club no they hated them and they were getting splishied in the face all the time but that was not a performing arts school glee was just a public school that's true but i just i don't know i think there's a fine line between like you could be supportive and you don't have to make fun of them behind their backs i think it's likely that you would but come on like this is it's just that part kills me her mom is really dishing out the outfits. Her mom's airport outfit is the greatest thing I've literally ever seen. And I specifically, I don't even watch Real Housewives, but I would like Garcelle to wear that. Like, I don't know. I only see clips of her on TikTok. And I was like, I feel like this would be her vibe. Like, another the real alum. Hey, don't come for my favorite show. We did next, but am I watching? I just make you watch episodes and episodes. I didn't have to. The network did. Oh my God. We had a wonderful run. Okay. You fucking hater. <laughs> so besides the obvious things that you can see on screen to the, you know, the the makeup, the hair, the outfits, like things are looking a little more expensive. Things look a little more, a little more tailored. The real cost increase that you can see in the real budget is the amount of extras. And I'm obsessed with the extras in the scene of my favorite song, A Cultural Reset. Strut. Strut like you mean it free your mind it's not enough just to dream it come on come on the extras are acting their asses off in that and i so badly want to know are these like is this from central casting spain like what what was like the thought like how is this going because we know disney channel does not pay people well like these decoms like they're not really high budgets like they don't pay people well and so a lot of their extras like before they were doing like you know, like on High School Musical, it's like children, like it's like high schoolers and like dance teams. And so like they get this opportunity. And I'm just wondering, like in in Spain, like are these people actors? Did they just set up signs being like, we're filming here? Like I'm, I have so many questions for it, but 
I love the choreography with all of them. I think they were great. But the one critique I have of the strut. Which song is this? When he starts with the guitar and he comes down the stairs. So the last one? No. No, the first the one. one. Oh, the first one. Okay. I'm sorry. How can you not remember Strut? Like, it is the best song that the Cheetah Girls have done. I'm saving my thoughts for my, oh my thoughts. Oh, my God. This is going to cause a rift between us. So. Which is why I had you go first. I know. I can read you like a book. <laughs> um, No, but the only critique I have of Strut, because also they spent way more time on the choreography. Keely, I'm going to give you the kudos where it deserves. Like, she she's whipping her hair she's she's dancing and that's like girl got top of the pyramid she was like in the center for a lot of that because she worked her ass off on those dances and i was like good job keely but sos how are raven's boobs doing because oh my god i hope they had her i I mean, she was also wearing heels too oh my god melissa when i'm just like watching the dance and the running and i'm just like this girl has tits Disney mm-hmm. Channel. I know you don't know how to dress tits. I know you don't know how to costume them. I don't know you don't want to put where what to put them because you don't want her to be too too too. You don't want to be sexy because you think fat on your chest is sexy and it involves sex appeal. But in this minimizing that you've done and the exceeding of covering up, you're giving her no support. Her poor back, and she was still giving it her all. But for me, I'm like my the the true testament of her acting was not immediately every time she's running holding her hands over her boobs just to, just for some support and security because i would even do that if i wasn't wearing a supportive bra and i'm running i still they still have room to bounce it's just much lower stakes than her experience <laughs> and I'm, she's stronger she's just stronger she's a stronger woman than i am she also was a co-ep on this one which is why it's fucking phenomenal so then i have a take that some people are going to come for me for not because I think that the man who <laughs> who starred in this role has a fandom, but because who I'm comparing him to has a fandom. That triangle hair, greasy man, guitar playing walked so Timothy Chalamet could run. If they recast this movie in 2024, that man would be played by Timothy Chalamet. Like, I have no doubt in my mind he would be there. His curly little hair him sneaking behind the little columns, him pulling the strings, him being a nephew, a nepo nephew, that would be Timothy Chalamet. Our boy, Timmy Tim Tim. So the Chalamanders are going to come for you? Yes. And don't, because I never said that was a bad thing, okay? (laughs) I just called the other guy Greasy Triangle Hair, which it's not his fault. I'm pretty sure they shot this they actually might have not shot this in the summer. Actually, you won't know because they make everyone wear so many layers because they don't want them to show their shoulders. So you really can't tell when they actually filmed it. So you're trying to take a role from a Spaniard and give it to a French boy? I actually did look it up. I don't even think he... He might actually be the only one who is Spanish because a lot of them... One of them is Dutch. One of them is French. No, I think he's French. <laughs> he might be cousin. Oh, my then. God. Cousin Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, we call him Timothy. 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 So does Aqua. Did you catch that joke? I did. Thank you. Anyways, Mots said that the (laughs) hotel boss. (laughs) 
the incantation. I was trying not to, but then okay, okay, yeah, but it 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 really hit me. Speaking of our girl, and if you have not been here before, I am obsessed with gaps. I love gaps, so I'm not hating on her for having a lisp at all. It is a byproduct and a result of having a gap. And if I she says could she doesn't have a lisp, well, I'm speak. You know, I'm just not saying a that's what she untruths. said. I'm that just saying said. that's what she said. And but she's that's on not this true. podcast. <laughs> no, she's not, not on this true. podcast. And this podcast is about science, facts, and figures and statistics. And I'm saying if I could take a fucking screwdriver and and a little a little hammer and a pick and wedge gap right between my two teeth, you best believe I would have done that already. Like I, I'm here for it. Mott said that Chanel's future stepdad. Mott thinks he was one of the villains in Scarface. We never looked it up, but I would just like you to know that that is the only time he spoke on the, during this movie unprompted. Like I kept asking him what he liked. And he just goes, I think that guy was in Scarface. And this one, I hate to say it. I don't, I don't, I don't mean to sound ridiculous, but Aqua's outfits win this movie. And I say that begrudgingly because I never dressed like Aqua. I dressed like who I think is not the worst dressed in the movie, but the most statement. And she made a lot of risks and she took a lot of choices. And that is Chanel. She is dressed like if Hillary Clinton was Sharpay Evans for Halloween. Like it is like the amount of blazers and tweed and little sets without any sequins, without any of the glitz. Like it's very much it's your first internship and you're you think it's what you think you're going to wear to your internship to Teen Vogue and you're 14. So her outfits were statements. Um, and sadly, that is how I how I dressed. And watching that as a child, I was like, she's slaying them all iconic. So she is to the fault for a lot of my fashion choices. But Princess Diana is the one who who influenced me to wear a tiara every single day. But that's also because I think I need to go to a psychic. We've got some cosmic connection. Another statement for me. Teen clubs were like quicksand. I watched all these movies and there were all these teen clubs that I was like, I can't wait to be a teen so I can go to a teen club. Never existed. Never had any. I've what been. the hell are those? Mom said them. teen clubs were we a huge them. thing where he grew up. This was not yeah. quick. It was only my personal quicksand. Yep. I'm devastated. And there were also like teen nights during the summer where this area, I don't even, it was just like a, a big open area, but they'd have music and stuff and it would be like teen night and stuff and have food it was before food trucks were really a thing but they had food trucks but they weren't wow. actually you know, they were just like selling food out of trucks of. yes damn we had this thing called a rec dance i don't know if that's mm-hmm. like but i don't know if it was like the, i know but i like i'm trying to remember i'm like i don't know if it was branded as like called the rec dance or we just called it the rec dance but that was like a was thing it at the rec center I don't even remember where it was, but like, I couldn't even tell you like what a rec, like it could have been at a rec center, but it wasn't like what I would have thought of for that. It was like a bad day. It would happen like every once in a while. And it'd be like kids from all of the different schools would like go to this dance. And it had like a reputation of like, um, kids are getting drunk before they're going and they're like making out. And like, it's like really crazy. And like your people's like parents, like wouldn't let them go to the rec dances and like the bad kids went. And then I eventually did go. And yeah, I'd made out with a lot of like random fucking people so i've been to like one or two but it wasn't like a regular thing and they weren't these like oh here there's food and like get your drinks or whatever it was like here's a dark room we're putting tea paint on drop your ass to the floor and shake it you 12 year old you know well if you were going at 12 you shouldn't have been there i wasn't 12 i was 
like 14. You know? As long as there's a teen in it, but not over 18. But also, I'm like, where are the adults there? There is adults at mine. There I know. Like... I don't know where mine are. Oh. <laughs> so it was just not as as uh, structured as the teen clubs in Espana, where, where they had tapas, which I would kill for that kind of teen club. Um, <laughs> I love Marisol singing in English at a Spanish club as a Spanish pop star. And I looked her up, Melissa. Her name is Belinda. She is so fucking famous. Like, I yes, knew that she yeah. was famous when the movie came out. And like, you know, she had a song on the soundtrack. And like, I knew she was like a pop star. But to this day, she, I'm going to tell, I, she's more famous than all the Shooter Girls. Like, she is so fucking famous. She's the top three selling female artist in Mexico. I could tell because she had this look in her eye that wasn't really actress. And you could tell that yeah. she was, this was what she did was seeing. And this was a big get for the Disney Channel. It's she's star powered like she's mm. a pop star and she has pop star energy and like she's just so fucking good. Um, And she's also a host on the Spanish voice. Mm. I also love Angel playing his own intro music. The fucking scene, too, when he says his name is like Angel, and she goes Angel, <gasps> Angel. I'm like Raven is acting her ass off to pretend interested. She's interested in this boy. <laughs> like kudos to her props to her and now that you said that she was a producer on this movie this makes more sense because she's very much like we're not giving me the love story like you can throw it in there like make it a dcf plot but like give this other bitch give doe give dorinda the love story like i'm i'm not about that Mats was asking why he was like i think chanel should have had like the love interest because like she's the one going through it and he should have like her stepdad like you know that's who like why is he interested in Dorinda not her and I was like because then it's like her stepdad's like pimping her out and he was like oh you're right that would be kind of weird but the most important thing that was my biggest takeaway from this is multiple times Mots kept <laughs> he kept accidentally calling Keely <laughs> Kiwi Williams and then he would go I'm sorry Keely and I go Kiwi is not a name he goes no it's just the way no I do know a Kiwi though her name oh, is Kiwi it's Smith. It's a cute ass name. Who wrote, uh, hold on. She's she's an icon, like, uh, <gasps> who's written so many of like our favorite movies. Legally Blonde, Ella Enchanted, Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh my God. She's the man, your movie. Oh my God. House Funny, The Ugly Truth. Holy her real name. Shit. Yes, her real name is Kristen, but she goes by Kiwi. That's what everyone calls her. It's, I've had her on a couple podcasts. So, yes, that I is I literally name. was trying to brainstorm. I was like, what fucking name can we name our child for the nickname Kiwi? Because it, it's so cute. As soon as he said it, I laughed and I go, but like, why is that like the cutest name I've ever heard? And he just kept being like, I don't know, like maybe that's like one of her nicknames. People call her Kiwi. And I was like, that's fucking cute. And now, I'm going to, my future, whatever their fucking name is, nickname Kiwi. Like, imagine a Kiwi-themed nursery. Kiwi, like, Kiwi, it's so fucking cute. I'm obsessed. And then my child just born being a New Zealander. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Angel played his own intro music. It's, like, my favorite thing ever. So, like, anytime he, like, comes out of the shadows, he's like, -la -la -la, and then he goes, hi, it's me, I've appeared. There's, like, nothing more camp than that. And I know we talk, I've talked about extensively that gallery is a Leo. But Angel is also definitely a Leo because... He's accompanying himself for his own entrances. They're not giving him his own entrance music. He's playing it on the guitar. I think Chanel had the best outfit in the finale. I'm obsessed with Raven's hair plate. I don't know what you would call that, where it's like a serving, like she's serving her hair on a platter. 
Did you know, like you knew that about the hat? So the hat doesn't have a top. So all of her hair, it's kind of like a visor, but it's like a plate, like a, like a flat surface around. And so all of her hair is on top. And I I would like her. What she looked like. Oh my God. I want her to go. I don't know if I want her to go guest judge on drag race or something, but I need her to wear that outfit again with that hat. Like it's Met Gala. I was obsessed. Chanel had the best outfit in my opinion, but my hot take, my hot, hot take for this entire movie is the final performance was incredibly, incredibly lackluster and just not plausible and believable. And I think that's the reason why they ended the movie before they announced who won the competition. Because first of all, Americans winning a competition that is like, it's not like an international. They're like, oh, international. No, no, no. The reason it's international is because they're not in Spain. They have to go there. It's it's not where they, but it's like to find the next big voice there. And like, why would these Americans come on and win it? They they delivered a far better performance when it came to strut. The like the music, the, the the dances, like everything. It was like they were tired and they were ready for the movie to wrap. And then suddenly we have the creator and like the head of this goddamn competition in the back playing saxophone with his nepo baby nephew who's on all of the poster. Like it was just one of those things that like the movie built up so much and then gets to that point. And I love that we include all these people. And I love that all these people like, you know, showed up and we're all like dancing and all that. And like, that's a fine camaraderie. We're all in this together moment. But we wrote ourselves into a corner and the movie literally had to end before you announce who won because it probably wasn't them, which is my hot take. And then Moss brought to my attention as the credits were rolling that this movie was a Kenny Ortega special. And yep. I knew it had to be. And like, as soon as he told me that, the performance of Strut made sense. The fact that Keely was sweating her ass off. She was she was throwing her neck out. She was putting so much fucking work into that. And the fact that everybody had highlights and hair extensions. This is how you know that Kenny Ortega was like, what, what is the budget? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to figure this out. Who do you need for love interests? I don't know. Hire some of these, whatever. But I need these dances to be sharp. And I need these girls to be to be pretty. Thank you, Kenny Ortega, for your constant devotion to the glam and the dance of Disney Channel original films. All right. Let's take a break and then we'll come back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every moment of tension, real or imagined, were under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for the brothers of the House of Windsor, Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, but that all began to crack as they each married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. I'm Matt Bellison. And I'm Sydney Battle, and we're the hosts of Wondery's podcast, Dis and Tell, where we on 
unpack pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds. We recently looked into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than just these two brothers. It stretches back all the way to the history of the British monarchy, and it's a battle for who will shape its future. Did their feud stem from the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Dis and Tell on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Dis and Tell early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. It's sandal season. Get those dogs out and get them into, (laughs) dare I say, one of the most comfortable, two of the most comfortable pairs of shoes I've ever had the privilege of sliding these dogs right into. Today's episode is brought to you by Crocs. Melissa, how excited are you? I'm so excited. And no, I she love, can't. She can't hide it. She I, can't I even love, hide it. I love <laughs> talking about getting your dogs out because it is sandal season, not just sandal season, hashtag sandal season. And this is what we wait for all year. You should know I did paint my toenails in preparation for sandal season and my Crocs arrived yesterday and I was like, ooh, baby. I will say I do need to repaint because the color I picked was not great. Um, but they're going to be so cute and we are so excited because it's time. It's time to pull your sandals out and maybe you need some upgrades. But really what I think, I need comfortable sandals and my Crocs, I'm prancing around, plopping around, crocking around in style and comfort. Hashtag sandal season is something everyone looks forward to and they're sliding into sandals year round because of how they make us all feel. We're confident enough to reflect our style, but also comfortable enough to be our boldest selves. And being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or a single moment. Dare I say, it is a mindset. Not just a mindset, but this mindset brings the vibes of the summer to any moment. A mindset that creates a space to show up as your most audacious self. A mindset that evokes joyful, bold energy all year long, no matter where it takes you. With the new Croc-style sandals, you can embrace those feel-good summer vibes all year long thanks to versatile styles, effortless coolness, and a brand new free-feel technology that feels like nothing at all. These aren't just sandals for a single season. Don't just take our word for it, because I know we live in LA. Like, I'm beware these truly year-round. Yeah, like, I got... um a couple pairs. Um, right now, I am currently on my feet wearing the... She showed me. She showed I, those dogs. I did. I didn't show you my dogs. I just showed no, you the sandals. That's true. That's true. You know, I, I like to, to keep my dogs in. <laughs> 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 I got the getaway strappy in plaster. They are so comfortable. I've been wearing them all day. Like, since I got them yesterday and all today i've been wearing them non-stop except for when i got in the bed they're incredible it feels like i'm wearing nothing at all which i love when it comes to any type of shoe they've got the like megan mentioned the feel-free technology some of the customer testimonials say it's very soft light and thin it seems like you don't have shoes on there's a cushiony soft footbed like walking on clouds and the shoes you can wear with everything and everywhere There's also comfort on upper straps so they don't dig into your feet, which is why I've been able to wear them all day. They're super soft. The straps are smooth. They're seamless, unrestricted comfort. They're lightweight and they're flexible. We have the same pair of that one, um, though we will have to coordinate so we're not wearing them the same day because uh, my my the size of my foot looks like it's <laughs> eaten like seven of yours. and it, it does send me into a tailspin. But I also have the Brooklyn sandals. I got the Brooklyn 
high shine heel. Oh, you heard me, a heel. Your girl is wearing a, a wearable high heel. Now these make me feel like the hot girl in Y2K movies. Like I was never that, like I was like awkward and like too young, but I feel like I could be in a music video and like I literally put them on and like pranced around my living room yesterday. I was like, Mats, look at me. And he was like, those are Crocs? And I was like, I know. So comfortable, so cute. And you know, th these ones, if, if you look these ones up online, everyone, like I promise you, they're so cute. You're like, oh, is this gonna dig into my foot? No, doesn't dig anywhere. It is so comfortable. Like Melissa said, it's like, it's like walking on clouds and they're super sleek and they have this like sink in soft feeling where you don't feel like you're wearing anything with a heel, let alone anything cute. Like I feel like I should be, they're, they're too comfortable to be this cute. It's sophistication meets all day comfort and they also feature light ride footbeds and it's a really wearable height, which I love. And you should know when the delivery driver yesterday, I was like doing gardening and he like came from around the gate holding the package over his both hands over his head going i've got your crocs and i was like <laughs> thanks my guy and he was very excited for me as well so i'm just obsessed absolutely love them and right now you can get 20 percent off your next purchase at crocs.com just use the code podcast 20 at checkout that's podcast 20 at crocs.com for 20 percent off your purchase do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I am Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. back and i'm going to share my thoughts clearly there is a budget the budget is higher it's not high but it's higher it's higher, it's higher. <laughs> they have better outfits i will say some people did go to acting school and dancing school in between the two and you can see that they have improvements um, my biggest gripe about the first one was the giggling and the two gigglers i don't know if you noticed but they were giggling but their mics were off like, they'd be in the corner giggling, but you couldn't hear it. So thank you, Kenny Ortega, for that, because that was my biggest criticism of the first one. You know, that's what I got for my positives. <laughs> you take it back right now, you bitch. You have to tell me because that you didn't like a single part of Strut. Here's, I don't even remember Strut. Here's the I thing. I cannot believe that. I remember them dancing in the streets. The music I believe in this one is not as good as the first one. As a whole, I don't. Be I agree with it's, you. As like, a whole, yeah. it's not as good. And I think the problem is that, and this is too much Kenny Ortega here, is that it went from them being like a pop R&B group and now it sounds like musical music. And so it's not true to who they are as what they're trying to do in their life. The only song I really... I actually like liked in this one was the one where they're all in their feelings separately in the street singing. That was the better of the songs. Melissa, that is my, wow. Look at us. People always say we agree too much. And no, this was the one that was the closest to who they originally were. It was more of an R&B ballad song and the other songs are not. No, 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 they're not. I fully yeah. agree with you on like the tone of their music has changed. And I also find it like slightly ironic 
I know the plot point is like they never have any time to practice, but like the there are far less music in when this is them getting ready for a musical, like yes. being at a let festival. Me, like, yeah, give let, us- me, let, 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 let me let me keep going. Let me keep going. The first movie, my my I, my hot take, just to be clear, the second Cheetah Girls movie is not as good as the first one. And hear me out. And I think that once you hear me, you might agree. I probably will. There's no clear plot in this movie. There, The first one has a very clear plot. You know what they're doing, why they're doing it, and what the stakes are. There's no stakes in this film. The whole point of them... Wh- I'll ask you, Megan, what was the point of them going to Spain? Okay, well, do you mean Galleria's point or the point that she's What was the that? point of them going to Spain? To help Chanel. And did they do that at all? No. They forgot about it. The reason they went to Spain to help Chanel and them entering this contest was the reason, like the the, the mechanism Excuse. they used to get there. As soon as we get there, and also the friendship in this, like the, there's no connection to them as friends no. in this one. And the first one is filled with them being there's friends, no girl power. and then and then like fighting and co- not like actually fighting, yeah. but there's conflict. There's mm-hmm. no conflict really in this one, except for them not showing up to practice. But that's not the reason why they were going. They were going to help Chanel. And we didn't see that at all. Like, we didn't see, we really didn't even see like Chanel in conflict with her future stepdad, except for him kind of being annoyance. And also, that dude was hot. And I know, I'm like, girl, don't fumble that fucking bag. In my mind, I was like, that dude, that dude looked like, he could fuck that man. And, like and he looked rich. like he could really like, like to the, to the, the headboard is it, there's a hole in the wall like, from the headboard. Your mom's <laughs> getting railed girl. Yes. Like, so as soon as we get to Spain, all that's forgotten. And, you know, like I, I would have liked to see that Chanel was concentrated on, you know, this new family that she's eventually going to do. But uh, Galleria is like, no, we need to practice. And Chanel's like, that's not why you were coming. Like, that's not that was not the plan. This is only this is the only like that was a mechanism to get us here. But like, you're supposed to be helping me. And then Mm -hmm. we have Galleria with this whole thing. Like, she has no story in this movie at all. And I feel like you need to have your baddest bitches up front. And I need to see Galleria and Chanel like this needs to revolve around them. I do not know why Dorinda had all this story. It, <laughs> like, I don't, she, she's not an actress. That's not her background. She's a dancer. And so is he. And so is. Yep. And so is he. And I don't know why she had so much story because at its core, this is a film. And again, I need baddest bitches. <laughs> In the front. To the front. Raven, Raven felt like she was holding back acting wise. And so I would have, that should have been the story of like their friendship kind of crumbling because they have different goals. Yeah. And then also Raven ha- or Galleria has this whole thing about like, well, like Marisol, she's been helping Chanel through all of this. Like we didn't see that they were just rehearsing music together. And she's like, cause they can speak Spanish. Like we don't know beyond them just practicing music we don't know what they were like they were doing because we didn't see it 
Mm -hmm. didn't see, we really didn't see anything. We didn't see, the only reason why Chanel doesn't want her mom to marry this dude is because she thinks they're going to have to move to Spain. There was no resolution on that. Like, we don't see her, like, actually having a conversation with the guy. Like, I think you're good Mm. for my mom. Like, I'm going into my, like, last years of school I don't want to uproot my life. Like these just seem like they should have been conversations and there's things that we need to accept and we just don't do it. We just know they're moving to New York, but like where, where was the conflict? Where were the conversations? There's just a lot of things that are happening in this film, but there's no story. I do not disagree with you on that one at all. I have the same gripe with the, Dorinda storyline because I love their dancing like they're great dancing together she does really like I love that they showed her doing and like she ended up doing dancing with the stars after and like Mm -hmm. I love that they showed her in this different style and like I just didn't need so much of their love story and also like (laughs) she was too dramatic too which I understand she has trauma of being left and like not have like not knowing where she came from but he didn't leave her and she just snapped up but she does that is part of her character though she just jumps to conclusions and snaps on people which i understand as a a character trait because of you know she yeah but but she was not trying to unpack her foster kid trauma they're not unpacking it then why then yeah this is a non-story i don't think you could even use that as a conflict because it's it's essentially a callback to the the big conflict from one of the bigger conflicts from the first movie. And so I'm like, you can't do that again. Like that can't be because you're not even giving a full storyline. You're just mm-hmm. kind of doing a callback conflict. And like, that's the whole plot point conflict there. And it's just like so fucking, so fucking weird. I do. Now that you said that, that, that Raven produces one, I wonder if she like wanted to kind of be more hands off and like not actively participate as much because I think if I could make this movie better I would like and it's immature though and that's I think probably why they didn't do something like that because supposed to be juniors but I think if they went there and like it was Chanel Aqua and Dorinda like them on the same page of you know the kind of the same thing how it was in, like the still in the movie where it's like oh gallery is really serious about this music competition and they're they should have been serious about like no no it needs to be like Mary-Kate Nashley movie like Chanel's trying to break up her mom and him like and mm-hmm. they're like doing things around like the the villa and like they're starting that shit that's exactly yeah. it and then you've, you've got the the friendship element of it but they're just I was just frustrated watching this movie yeah so I I do not doubt you with that but I have to say I'm obsessed with Marisol's mom as a villain yes but the thing is I don't think she was wrong and uh I think that she had every right to be doing what she should have been doing because if these people came into my country trying to win my Facto. Facto. my like a thing that's meant for my my people, mm-hmm. then like I'd be mad as hell. And you're like, we'll take the one that speaks Spanish, but like, yeah, fuck all the rest of you. And strongest vocals, but like, yeah, like that makes sense to me. She was like, they could be a great duo. I would have loved to see them. I would have loved that maybe like being a part of like the main story. But again, like Raven's just around that not really doing anything but moping. Wow. We I'm curious to hear who your villain is because 
for me, I think this was, and part of me wonders if like Kenny Ortega is just a Raven stan. And so he was like, justice for Galleria. I'm making her the victim <laughs> in this one because she's getting like, because for me, I think it truly was redemption arc for her character because drama ensued. She got pissed off, but then she went, you know what? I'm just going to move myself in the situation leaving. and I'm going to go home. And I'm and like, that's boring. That's not Toto jumping into a manhole. <laughs> no, th- that's not a story. That is, does not drive story. I think redemption wise as a character, I think Kenny Ortega might have just been a gallery of stand. I was feel like, like, like she should be the main character. And there was no if you're going to have a movie, you either need to have a true protagonist, a true main character or make it a full ensemble. And we got neither of those. We just got little stories. No, she's in the movie as much as Keely. Mm-hmm. And I didn't need Keely's fashion designing. Keely was, you know, I, I will give it to her. Her acting improved in this one. Oh, and yeah. her dancing improved. So very good job. Very good job there. And I just don't know why Raven got so little so little time, so little screen time. But I agree with you for the music too, because what I like a lot about, I mean, Camp Rock does it a bit. Like, I think High School Musical is more of like a musical where like they use music to like convey things. But like what I like about Cheetah Girls is because the music is entwined. Like it's, it's already intrinsically there. So it's not using songs to move the plot plot. forward yes and that was the biggest issue in the second one and for me that was my issue with the ballad that like i would have preferred the ballad to be like oh they're practicing and they they throw away that song but using this as like a let's all step outside and like think about what we're doing i'm like stop moving the plot forward with this i didn't like it either because raven was asleep so so this wasn't it wasn't even it just did not there's just so many things about this that were so frustrating and I was like it could have been better but how did you feel about the girls showing up to the train station in their pajamas with all those extra you know what I was especially mad about is them wearing house shoes outside Melissa my skin my skin crawled you know that all of them whatever car they took they all went back and laid back down on their beds with those clothes mm-hmm. and those shoes. I was like, y'all are so fucking nasty. Like, you're disgusting. And also, I think Chanel was talking out of her ass when she said Amiga's Cheetah's Friends for Life was the best song ever written because I think that song should have disqualified them because if I was the competition and these Americans came to perform a song, they wrote a song, and then they were like, we're in Spain, amigas, cheetahs, friends. I'd be like, offensive, leave. It was the whole last performance was just offensive as a whole. It was just get out of here. Like, yes, stop. Like, why do you? And it's like, everyone's like, oh, finally, real local. Like, we're getting the locals involved. I'm like, who are you? Like, you're from New York. Like, these are not like, what do you mean that like the, the citizens of this city are championing around you specifically? No, no. I did no. like the shot, though, where Marisol was called to the stage and she's just over there in <laughs> crafty getting snacks. That was a great shot. I loved that, too. She's funny. She's got she's got good timing, mm-hmm. especially because, like, acting is not uh, her bread and butter. Would have loved to see more of her than Dorinda. Actually, they should she should have replaced Dorinda in the group. Hot take. That's a real hot take. Oh, my God. You're keeping Keely over Dorinda. Dorinda, her dance scene. Keely beat Dorinda with dancing in this one. Well, 
the only reason is I is also Keely's the tallest. And so they keep they like how she's positioned. Like she really in, had to fucking earn that. Like she did a good job earning that did, spot because when your your eyes go to you and like in previously they've hit her in the back and they have to do the whole formulation, which the tallest person in that ins- it doesn't usually work that way. And so like she really had to fucking earn that spot. In the uh first their first little dance number song number at the the school, at the school or in Spain. Okay. At the school. I knew that Dorinda was going to have a bigger part in this one because they cut to her so much more than they did previously. Yeah. I also am obsessed with when she changes. She's like wearing a cute outfit. And then she's like, oh, I like didn't know that like I like was like we were going to dance. I thought this was just like a whatever. And they were like, oh, no, go get changed. And she puts on a black T-shirt and a black skirt. And then she goes, and he goes you look beautiful. I'm like, that's she's not what? Like her other outfit was like actually cute. There were also times in this movie where they just like were clueless like you're got you're going to meet the people that like are putting on this contest and y'all aren't prepared with the song and dance but y'all can bust out song and dance at any time when you're in new york on the streets but you you're not ready like that didn't and that that little performance they did there too that wouldn't Mm -hmm. have given me enough for them to be like y'all are going to be in the show well, especially once we like see the stage and we like we see the other yeah. talent, I'm just like, okay, yeah, no, you're harmonizing and it sounds like beautiful, but like this is a performance. But then we see Belinda and I go, oh, I mean, we see Marisol played by Belinda and I'm like, you bitches have no fucking shot. Like this is a no. pop star. Like she's a fucking yes. icon. She's a star. But then I don't know if you remember when we actually get to the performance, we cut like it's we we start there with the tail end of another performer where I can only describe it as completely reminiscent of the first movie of the rap where there is just someone standing behind a legitimate, just like a, like it's just crew gear that you would use on set of a movie. Like it's not like anything you would have up on a stage there. Someone's standing there with headphones and the other person is just standing there with a microphone. Like it wasn't a performance. And I was like, oh, maybe this is like a low, like a low budget, like stupid kind of competition. And then like, what do you mean Marisol hasn't won and she's entered three times? Yes. Yes. I wish I they made that, that like final thing. Like it should have been like the only I think the reason why they made that one so lackluster was so the Cheetah Girls like looked so good in comparison. But I'm like, but then you can't tell me that Marisol has lost three times. No. Like when we've seen her perform in that club and she was phenomenal. No, I just it just this the it, like for real watching this was just frustrating to me. <sighs> But you also you also have to remember you were watching this child. when you first saw it. You were a child who had not worked in the industry and didn't. Nor had I been know. abroad. No, like as an adult who works in the industry and knows what a structure of a screenplay is, it was just like there's just so many pieces that were there that could have worked, and it just did not work. Yeah, I think there's also a like beyond the nostalgic feel. There was like you there you didn't go on location for Disney Channel movies. Like, you didn't mm-hmm. go to Europe. And this was, like, the first, and I, I don't even know, it might even still be, like, the only time that, like, that, like, really happened. And it was, like, so fucking major. What they do in the Lizzie McGuire movie? That wasn't Disney Channel original movie. That was, like, a feature film, like, in theaters. Oh. So that, I think, is probably another big part of it that, like, they're going, it's, like, sp- it's, like, this whole thing that it felt like a big ordeal and a big to-do that that's another part of it and I do think my entire generation myself included 
are so blinded by strut in that performance that we view that as encompassing the entire film when in reality it's not like it does feel like the movie starts out really really strong and then it's like once we get to once we get to like galleria getting ready to like leave or even before that like once we get to dorinda and like her dancing drama with him where she's like i you're we're different like you're not gonna like me like i'm a foster kid and it was just like he was there for lunch he wasn't late like he just were he came from work and he told you he was coming from work he told you he worked in finance like girl what did you think he was wearing like okay and that to me and she also the first time she met him he was wearing a suit so i was like okay you know that he's wearing this but from that point on the music the choreography like all of that stuff it was just kind of like everyone was tired yes (laughs) i was like that's what i'm saying like there would be there would be like just instances of raven like when she doesn't have lines and you can see her like enjoying herself but as soon as some it's time for her to say something it goes down and i was like what was going on i i need a behind i wonder the if scene. this is where the beef really started yes like it just did not feel like friends it was just everybody just had their own thing their own thing um i just didn't understand i truly I think- did not understand that the cheetah girls beef like the real life beef between all of them i think it started on this movie yeah i think it might have like somewhat kind of started in the first one but i you know when you do something and then people see the response to it and like whether like whatever they're measuring their own success as like people are different when it comes back from for whether it's a season two or like a sequel or something like it is People act different. And I think that that has to be like a part of it. And I wonder if a little bit of that, because the girls don't interact fucking at all. And so that all of the conflict conflict and like all of the stories are with different people. And I'm like, oh, okay, so maybe that was intentional because they're not getting along. And I'm not pulling that up like in case I'm not pitting women against each other. But like factually, they've all spoken on it. There was a lot of beef of them in this movie i just don't of this franchise but i'm not sure when that started but i feel like it probably was this one now that you point that out well well um i would say that a song that i think you would enjoy and takes back not entirely to their cheetah girls roots from the first movie I also wonder if some of these are more original songs because like Cinderella is yes, not an original were. song. Oh yeah. I so know. That's also- that's a, I feel like they, for the first film, they went to like a song bank that had, yeah. they found R and B songs that probably had like um, demos and they, mm-hmm. ac- they got like actual songs that were meant to be performed. And yeah. this one was a lot of original stuff that was written for a musical. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was a mistake. I, Fully, fully, fully agree. They have a song called Fuego. It's about. Sadly, Galleria is not in it. This is when Raven did not join to opt into like the Universal Records or the Hollywood Records, whatever their album of Cheetah Girls. But it's actually. It's good. Okay, so someone said. Doe was so dramatic and out of line when she went off on Joaquin in that scene in the dance studio when he said goodbye to his work, people to spend time with her. She was putting words in his mouth and trying to say he was too embarrassed to be seen with her in front of the businessmen because she wasn't rich and came from a foster family when all he wanted to do was get away from work and spend time with her, just the two of them. She was doing too much. Also, the last thing I want to do is have have to talk to a bunch of fancy business people having to be on and socialized with these men. He really did her a favor, IMO. Wholeheartedly agree. 
wholeheartedly agree. Because I'm also like, girl, he's an he's interning for this count. I mean, he's a count or whatever, but he's like interning for his whatever the mm-hmm. Chanel's stepdad and all this stuff. I'm like, so he's like has a job in finance that you know about, and you met him wearing a suit. Like, and then you he he's taking time out of his work day to go to lunch with you. Like, why are we mad at him? Did you want him to bring a change of clothes? Ugh. Ugh. I just want more from everyone. That's the thing. She's like a cheerleading more. coach now. And she was in, uh, I think either Keely was one of her bridesmaids. I think they were both each other's bridesmaids in their weddings. Other girls were not there. And they were kicking in the corner. <laughs> Someone said, no hot takes with the Cheater Girls was my first ever concert, which I think is iconic. If it's a fir- the songs from the first album, yeah. Yeah. You know, Melissa, you're really converting me. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And it's just, I think it's just the nostalgia for me, but it's really just strut. Because that song is fucking good. All right. This is from the email. Am I wrong for thinking the friendship di- dynamic between the four girls is messy? No. Gallery and Chanel are very close while Aqua and Dorinda have their own storylines, but not necessarily about positive friendships. Since this is a decom, I tend to overlook how this could affect the friend group. Realistically, do you think all the girls would be as close as portrayed and be professionally successful in real life? I don't think they would be successful because from from these two movies that I've seen, I think that Galleria would be successful. Yep. But the other girls, it's just a hobby for them. They are like, this is not what they want to do. We've seen that clearly in all in the first two movies. Like they're just in it to have fun and they want to be a dance instructor, a fashion designer. And I thought in the first movie that Chanel also said she wanted to be a fashion designer. I that I'm gonna I really think that that side story, like to me, was like a was going to be like Chanel getting close to Galleria's mom and then Galleria feeling like abandoned. And like, it felt like a Chanel storyline, not an Aqua one. Cause Aqua's like thing is like, I like hot sauce. I like food. And I'm like weirdly book smart. And like, now it's like, Like she's into science. Yeah. She's into science. Like we know she's like taking classes at the university as a high school student in the science department. And was like, I guess I could do a lab. Like she's a science person. Yes. I, now that you're saying that, that, yeah, probably was yeah so yes so no that's this is the music group is not anyone's passion except for galerias so i don't think and they're in high school i just think that they're just doing it to have fun and she's the only one that takes it seriously and i think that she could be like a singer songwriter no because raven has also dunked on herself and said i've made five albums and nobody bought them so I listened to all of them. I was a diehard <laughs> Raven Simone fan. I think that like we have seen like really nothing of their friendship again besides Galleria and Chanel. So like I think that the 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 drama should have been that Chanel was getting closer to Galleria and Aqua during the time, and it was like, oh, what the fuck? Like, and then it becomes like, oh no, now we're all getting closer. It doesn't have to be a competition of friends mm. between each other. Like that to me makes way more sense because like right now, like the entire energy is giving we were set up by our label and there was all yes they were set up by the label and then there's also this one scene that made me shriek out loud when galleria her mom and aqua are at that fashion place that store 
and Ray, and Galleria introduces Aqua as her best friend. I said, when? She in the room with us? Where? And then now that you're Where's saying that, 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 now that you're saying that, that maybe that, that storyline should have been Chanel's. For our two also makes, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Because it's, why would she say that? Nothing that we've seen in these two films have indicated that they've had a conversation alone. No. If anything, if any of the girls were going to have beef, and I'm not even taking personal beef into account, they're the first ones. Like, they're mm-hmm. the first ones, like, who are having some shit because she's standing up for her. She's standing up to her. Dorinda's just kind of like, well, I'll just talk shit about you behind your back. Yeah. But like, and I'll just pop off when I'm triggered about something. Yeah. I'm just, I'll just snap. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think they really heavily leaned on like, they went to Sex in the City where they're like, it's the city is a character. Like the city's playing a role. And it's like, okay, well, like you need to not just like write all of the plot points and like put them in like a bucket and then like just like divvy them out and decide which way that you're going to go for that way. Like that just doesn't really work as much. And yeah, so like I I don't think I mean if you would think if they want to be like if they would have been a successful group on their own, n- no. I just like no offense to girl power cuz I lo- <laughs> love girl power and I love this growing up and it's like so like sweet and like so great and all that stuff, but the one thing I'll say like I know in the last one I was like her mom was right, like let them be a, like let them be kids and all of that shit. Like their musical shtick doesn't work once they are older like it just doesn't like it's cutesy and it's very much like miss rachel but (laughs) with like you know like there's a message behind it like it's you know it's empower in all of that stuff and like that's great but you can't do that in this way for eternity and i'm sure like if they were serious about it they would find ways to reinvent themselves if they got older destiny's child when they were kids were called something else something girl time they're called girl time reinvented destiny's child and then they eventually dis. i mean they're still technically together but they have solo careers now like i but they were all serious about it they know i think like galleria could be lizzo that's like what I think the comparison is of like of the songwriting that like has a good message, but like still bops and like great, mm-hmm. but it's not like corny or cheesy. And it's like all ages enjoy. And you don't have to like know the lore. It's not like a Taylor Swift thing with like all of these yeah. like, oh, Easter eggs. It's just like good music, good positive messaging, but is er- not earnest. It's earnest, but not in an inauthentic way. So to me, yeah. that would make sense. But as like a group, no, she's the one writing all she's like doing all of the shit like she would get so she would get so fed up with them so fast, which she has. And we've seen it in both movies, yeah. which is why, again, this is a hobby for them. And this is real life for her. And I will always and forever be justice for Galleria. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of Real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. I start with who I nominate as the worst of the film. Mm-hmm. My worst of the film is Chanel, which I know, I know, not kind, tr- divorce and, you know, parents remarrying is trauma for, for, for children. But I think that she was <laughs> so snaky, so shady and, zero acknowledgement of that. So like she doesn't want to go to Spain. She doesn't want to do all of that stuff. And then it's like, okay, well, how about we go with you? No one was holding a gun to her head to ask her mom to have like the girls go with her. She goes with her and it's supposed to be making the experience better for her, but she's still pouting and like is all pissed off and upset. And then it takes for her to overhear her mom talking about like, well, maybe it's like, you know, this and her mom's not pressuring her to like him. Her mom's not like her mom's doing everything right. And she's not even like bringing it up like, oh, like, you know, she's just kind of like become accepting that fact of like, that's what's happening. And then in that moment, she's suddenly like, oh, okay, like what? Like, it's just I just think that like you're upset with your mom for finding this like for even your friends when you walk in and they're like, oh, my God, this place is amazing. And she's like, whatever, it's all right. But then suddenly, like when she starts having a good time. And like she's enjoying the city and like she's like enjoying like getting to know like like and they're like hanging out and like the little gardens and all of that stuff. And then not at any point is she going like, oh, you know what? Like this is really nice. And like it was really nice for him to have us come here. And like I am enjoying myself. And like I was giving my friends and like shit for enjoying it because it was like, oh, like Luke was a part of like this is like Luke's place. Like he sucks or like I now see what my mom sees in him and like all of that stuff like she just like wanted to and then she just like started enjoying a vacation and completely ignoring the fact that like he was the reason why that they were invited there he was making an effort with her 
And she wasn't even going to make an effort with her own friends. She was like, she's like making her own life there in Spain and like starting this whole new thing, but then still hating him and then having zero regard for her mom at all. And like, to me, I just didn't like that because I'm like, you know, I get that it's traumatic. <laughs> I will say right now, as <laughs> I understand divorce. I understand being a child. Divorce. It is not the most traumatic thing in the, it is not the most traumatic thing in the world. Not to like, you know, compare horrible things and all of that kind of stuff. But I'm like, you know, girl, you're, you're a junior. You're about to go into your senior year of high school. And like, you know, you know, you know what's going on. You're not even going to check in with your friends. Like they're all wandering the city on their own and like, they can't speak Spanish. Like, are you cool? Like people are feeling othered and like all of this kind of stuff that like, she just so badly wanted it to be all about her and then like lashed out at everybody. And then I thought it was ridiculous that she expected Raven to Galleria to come back. Like, I was like, you're kidding. Like what? Like, no, like only then when she leaves that you're going to be like, oh, no, now I'm now I'm like sad and like, oh, no, come back. Like, I really want to do this. Like, to me, it's like she doesn't see what she has until it's in jeopardy or like it's smacking her across the face. And I just thought that, like, you know, I get it. She's 16. But holy hell, would I have been so fucking annoyed if I was specifically Galleria. You can disagree. Moss also disagrees. I am. With me on this I'm one. going to disagree because we never see any of the girls actually checking up on her, and that was the whole reason for them going. No, and I, I think the whole thing. I think the whole. And I don't think it should be ever other people like her reaching out to them. It should be the other way. Well, I think that it. I my core thing. The issue is in the writing because like she's only mad at Luke and hate for one scene. That's mm-hmm. it. And then she's having fun and then she's having a great time. And so it's like, okay, so that for you should be a moment of realization of like, you know what? Like, this is really fun. This is a great opportunity. But it's like, you were pissed and then suddenly like, you're pissed for five minutes. You're not pissed anymore. And you're having a great time. And then you forget that your mom's trying to get engaged to this guy. And it's like, when she goes to Luke, it's like, she's like, oh shit, I forgot to tell you I'm not mad at you anymore. Like, it wasn't like, oh, we've had like this conversation in this moment. It was just kind of like, oh, shit, my bad. Um, I'm over it. Like, I was like hangry and jet lagged and like, I'm all chill and cool with you now. Like, I'm having a great time. Like, I love this. Like, go propose to my mom. Like, it was just like, so like, but, but it's the writing. Like, I don't think that like, as a real person, if this had happened, like, yeah, I think that she would have been more upset. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that they should have been checking in on her, but they wrote her they wrote, they write all the feelings in this is like little flashes in the pan, like so quick. And then yes. they're gone. I know. So for me, everybody in this film is their own villain, except for Aqua and Luke. Actually, no, I'll say Luke is in there too. Aqua has enough So enough except for line. Aqua. Huh? I was like, Aqua uh, doesn't here have I'll go. The story <laughs> Galleria. No, he's still part of the villain. Galleria, she was not being a friend to Chanel. And that was the whole point of her going. Chanel, she just made a bunch of bad mistakes. And I feel like this is so long to be holding a grudge against anyone because we've known they've been together since at least the freshman year. So more than that. I'm like, girl, what? 
And also like you you met him and now you find out how rich he is. That is a plus. That is not but th- like she knew how like she knew how much because she was like, he has plenty of room for everybody. Like she knew that everybody could have a room with this place. <sighs> OK, and then we've got uh, Dorinda self-explanatory. She needs to be loved. And I get Dorinda that. Needs some therapy. But like, she, yes. And she just she holds a lot of things in and just snaps on people. It happened three times in the first one. <laughs> And yeah. we got one time in this one. So well, the issue is she also doesn't tell anyone anything. And then she, she like, gets tell- upset yeah, she and they're like, it. I don't know what we're talking about. Yes. Aqua, she didn't really do anything. She was just chilling. <laughs> no, I know. I was like, when you said Aqua, like you're like, everyone's their own worst villain except for Aqua. And I go, yeah, because Aqua didn't do anything. Yeah, she wasn't doing anything. They she gave her, her twin. Guess- that was her villain in a moment. Yeah. But that wasn't in this film. Then we've got Galleria's mom, who is supposed to be their manager she had managed them one time during the film. melissa very good point i <laughs> like forgot she should have been there that. why why are they in this foreign country going to this club by themselves marisol's mom was there like she should have been at the club with it she was like this is a teen club i'm better than this. chanel's mom and luke i'm grouping them together because they should have had a conversation with her about what the living situations, what the future was going to look at. Like, like that should have been a whole conversation because if it was, then she probably just would have went to Spain freely. Uh, <laughs> she didn't need to be bribed. Yeah. That angel just appearing. He just was creepy to me. I would have preferred if he didn't exist he was like a, a magical being. He was an angel. And I'm like, why? I would have, I would have preferred if like giving Galleria a lot of his like story beats of like when he discovers things like that would have been. Oh, she's good at being sneaky too. She's got yes, the, she can act. Yes, that. like I think that she you know, should have been doing a lot of this stuff and figuring things out. Or if they need needed something for Aqua to do, she could have been doing it too. But he was just not needed. You know, what would have made this whole movie so much funnier is if she like then turned at one point, she goes, oh, my God, Angel, thank you. And then he's gone. And everyone's like, who's Angel Galleria? I would have been even more mad. And she looks up at the poster and his face isn't there. And it's like, whoa, he was an angel. It's like what they do with Santa in those movies where it's like, oh, Oh he was a spirit of Christmas. I would have loved that. (laughs) Uh, And then the other dude. Why? (laughs) Like, just Why? He was He's fine, cute. I He's guess. He's very cute. He's he very is cute. cute. I saw recent pictures of him and I was like, He's actually he's like really hot. No, but yeah. like He's a dancer. It didn't add anything to the film. I didn't need him there. I agree with that. Maris Marisol's cool. I liked her. Oh yeah. I liked her no, character. She's the best fucking part of the movie. And then uh Marisol's mom also I think she was justified in everything. No, she's like big kind of energy and like I love her. If Galleria's mom was doing her job instead of chasing her dreams, I guess. But also in the first movie, did they not say that she owned a modeling agency? Or did I just make that up? She is like a fashion. No. So she's one of her clients. So she's like a fat, like a smaller fashion designer. Okay. I know she designs bags. That's what they made the point of. It's like what she does now. She designs bags. It doesn't really make sense because she's also a stylist because she's like, oh, one of her clients is coming over. So I think it's supposed to be she's a stylist in Azerline. And that's where uh, 
Chanel was like in the first film, she was like into that, like hearing. Yeah. So it's just, it's just messy. And I don't know what happened with this script. It just could have been so much tighter and better. So I wonder the third one. I never saw the third one. I, I have to believe that the third one is probably even worse than like, or more chaotic so storyline wise. I would think so because starring in a Bollywood only, movie does not feel aligned. No, there's only one strong actress in that one. She doesn't, she no longer has her bestest friend there. She doesn't have her bubbles. And I'm, and I'm guessing Galleria's mom isn't in it either. Which you can't do a film without her. Like you, there's no cheetah girls without the mama cheetah. Right. And, to- and also Toto was just missing. They're talking about that he's in a kennel for a month. I know. I'm like, um, to- remember Toto has trauma from being stuck in a manhole. Yes, You're gonna put him in a like, kennel? I didn't understand what the point was of sending Galleria's dad off. Why couldn't he have just, just, just been there? Conflicts. No, I'm just saying he could have <laughs> just been there and we didn't see. And then Toto could have stayed with him. Not being shipped off to a kennel and then had his like, <laughs> designated tummy scratcher they said that (laughs) but then also like what i also didn't get was like then like suddenly he can just like meet up with her and like take a train home like meet up the train station like fly home like it's like and also did chanel coordinate with her father with galleria's father that like where was he he had wasn't he in italy like he had to get on a whole flight to spain and like okay chushi i really fucking hope you coordinated with Galleria's father before you showed up in your house slippers to oh, the train. Yeah. Like that's it is the flight from Spain to Italy is just an hour and a half. But, but still. still. And he used all lot. of his points getting Dorinda Galleria to Spain. Yes. So like for me, like I, I agree with you on all this. Like everybody was their own worst villain, but like the, I can't stand when people are like not self-aware. And like I think the best thing about Galleria is like she's a cunt and she knows it and she's like i'm the star of the show like i'm a control freak and like she knows it and she's like every the world revolves around me and if it doesn't i will individually grab each planet and then send them into orbit around me but like then chanel is very much like oh my god like what do you mean like everyone like i was like bitch like (laughs) like it's not just about you and she's like no no that's galleria like i'm not like that and that's like the thing i can't I can't stand. And like, that's how the same thing I feel with High School Musical and Sharpay. Like Sharpay is aware that she's a fucking bitch. She's like, I'm an I'm a cunt and I was born a cunt and I will die a cunt. And I love that versus the people who like, it's like, oh my God, life is just happening to me. Like, oh my God, like, ah, and it's like, no, no, no. Like, that's not how this works. So I, I don't disagree with you at all, at all. And also wasn't the Joaquin, was that his name? He, the the cute tall one, he was supposed to be the one like taking them all around the city. When did that happen? Like, did it he didn't. wait in the car when they went like sightseeing? Was he just like in the car? Like, it didn't happen. What is that's mm. what I'm saying? This script feels like a bunch of stuff just mixed together with no, no clear vision. I'm gonna bet that they maybe, maybe someone had to come in and do rewrites. Well, they didn't do a good job. No, but it would make sense if they kept some things from different iterations of it. I mean, that happens, but usually it's somebody that can find a unifying voice. And this did not have that. Oh, maybe maybe someone did a self-appointed rewrite. (laughs) Who doesn't have experience in the editing day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
that could check out to me. So I guess that is it. What a plot twist that, you know, maybe you and Mots Mots is definitely on your side on on this. He liked the first one more. And the more that I talk to you, you know, again, if I remove the nostalgia, if I remove the fact that they got to go to Spain and like that was a big ordeal in Disney because you didn't do that on Disney Channel. And if you removed strut, I think they just, you know, dazzled you, but they did dazzle me. And Belinda, Belinda dazzled me. Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, that's going to be me. Her pink fucking top hat and her, her pants that have like one is like a shorty underwear and the other's a pant leg. I was like this bitch. Like I love, I loved, I loved. So that is it for our episode of Cheetah Girls 2. We will not be doing Cheetah Girls 3 if that was not clear enough. <laughs> You've never seen it. No, because Raven's not in it. And I am <laughs> I am a Galleria girl through and fucking through. I'm loyal to my bitch, to the top bitch, to the head bitch. And she's not there. I'm not there. Understand. We hope you all enjoyed. Let us know what other content feature films shows that you would like us my to turn next. dive oh yeah what do you do you have an idea not yet okay i mean we're gonna do it as it comes we go on vibes <laughs> vibe seeking podcast pure vibes so next week we'll be back to regularly scheduled but am i wrong so please send us your email submissions for what's happening in your life that you would like our our iron fist we rule with an iron fist are you or what's that called a javel Javel? Javelin? Javel. Gavel. Gavel. <laughs> Is javel that thing like in shot put or whatever? Yes. You throw that long <laughs> stick. My bad. I did. I was on Cross and Field TikTok for a while. Cross and Field? Track and Field. And it's not even. It's javelin. Like there's a there's an oh, in and then. I was conjugating it. I assumed that maybe the singular was javel. <laughs> so that's it you can shoot us an email at megan pod nope shoot us an email but am i wrong pod at gmail.com with your situation we'll tell you if you're wrong or not thank you everyone for participating in this one and and i want to reiterate that it needs to be 300 words or less because some of y'all have been sending essays and then when we write back and say this needs to be shortened up you're like well i can't make it shorter yes you can you can't. Actually, you know what you probably could in, do? Put it. You could probably put it in uh, uh, one of these AI things and just say, summarize this in 300 words for me. Wow. Melissa, same fucking page. Okay, everybody. We hope you enjoyed. Leave us a review and uh, we will circle back next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.